0: Hello, and welcome to the Dow of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy
1: today's podcast episode.
2: Hey, guys, Buddy C. Today, we have Kate and Marla and Cindy and Kurt and Rob and Craig and Paul. Good to
0: have you guys today. Morning, hey, buddy. Thank you, sir. Hi, Kurt. Hey. hey, Marla. How's it going?
3: Good. Everything's okay.
4: Is it me or does Kurt get you? Kurt gets younger every time you see him. He does. Man.
2: learn that softening. They've got a, a setting on Zoom now that you can hit, and it softens your picture
0: up and makes you look better. And yeah, you can I mean, figure that out. Uh, no, I haven't figured it out, but I will. <laughs> Actually. way move away, too. You know,
2: that would work, to move away from the camera a little more. I think that helps me too. <laughs>
0: Quit telling all my secrets, please. I'm um, sorry.
3: Kate, I, I will compliment you. You just look radiant. She does, doesn't she? As, yeah, the the right after you went through all your stuff, it's like you you came out the other side and just radiate now. So kudos yeah. to you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Got to give it to. Got to give it where it's due. If you would like to join
2: into this meeting, this meeting is is recorded uh, every Thursday morning 8 a.m. Eastern. You can join in with this Dao uh, Te Ching discussion. Uh, go to uh, Omarpinto.com and follow the links to the share recovery community. You can try the community for a dollar for the first month and then $12 a month after that. And check it out and see if it's for you. Uh, lots of good meetings. Meetings almost every day. Check it out if it's something that interests you, especially during this uh, time of uh, isolation that we have. And it looks like it's not stopping. It is in my area some, but we're still, we're having local meetings now, local AA meetings. Uh, we're not all going, I'm not. I'm not going back to after June uh, or after the first of June for sure. Um, how about you guys? Is anyone having local meetings starting up? Craig's not. Everybody's shaking their heads. No.
4: No, we're um, we we've been told that there's although the um, the prime the UK prime minister is trying to relax some things. The Scottish First Minister has turned around and says nobody's doing anything until I tell you. We're still grounded. I'm 42 and I'm grounded. <laughs> it's it's really the only time that I've actually wanted to be grounded. But no, there's, <laughs> there's, there's nothing. There's nothing happening. There's nothing starting up. Um, they've actually increased the the employee retention scheme to October our time. So realistically, I'm not in a rush to do anything anytime. I'm loving the Zoom meetings. I'm loving the connection we're making on, on Zoom. And I used to get ridiculed quite a bit from the guys from the from my, my home group because I do most of my stuff online. Um and you know, just it's good seeing these guys actually get involved in in the Zoom stuff as well. So I'm kind of hoping it continues after the lockdown as well because it gives it gives people the it lets people know that there's still that there's still that connectivity after the meetings. There's always something on the board. We don't have to wait the next week to catch up with the home group. We can jump on Zoom, we can jump on Skype, WhatsApp, just whatever. There's always a connectivity
0: there. So that's that's where we are. On uh, this locally here, uh the governor spoke yesterday, so they're They're allowing a lit opening it up a little bit. Like churches can have 10% capacity. (laughs) So I would, I would assume that the meetings will be about the same. So it's, it's not much change here.
5: How would you believe that you just say first 10% in the rest,
0: you know, you can go home. (laughs) They're all lined up outside, right? (laughs) They did.
2: uh, At our clubhouse, they did chairs that they told me they did chairs that were separated out. So they did all of that, uh, and they, they filled up their chairs Sunday, but I told them I wasn't coming back. I said, I'm, yeah. I'll be later when I do. So, Cindy, you're saying uh, Texas is doing a phased opening phase? Yeah, they
6: they started with 25% capacity for the restaurants. Mm-hmm. And they're moving it to 50%, and the nail salons and the hair salons are open, and the gyms wow. are open on Monday. and. I I really just think that the governor knows that we're the most armed population in the United States and uh, they just decided we didn't have any more patients and they were going to let it open. That's what I think happened.
2: I'm glad that uh, in Georgia so far, our numbers are still dropping. So that's good. uh, Because I thought by now we'd see a rise if that was the case. I knew he was under the, the media had him under a big spotlight because he was out front and starting and all so i wanted to you know i'm glad that it's that's happening because we need some relief you know but i think that for meetings though i think that we're going to continue with this uh a lot of online meetings that we didn't have before i think that's going to be something that continues on past this uh yes like craig said you know people locally you know they, they wouldn't question me about it, but they, they really didn't think you could sponsor someone via Zoom, you know, or Skype. They just thought that wouldn't work. You had to be local, you know, breathing the same air kind of thing, you know. What happened yeah. to
0: the open-mindedness?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, we're all <laughs> somewhat closed-minded, Kurt, you know.
0: So. <laughs> for
3: sure.
5: I think also, you know, especially when I don't know about what it's like for you guys in the States, or and maybe maybe the same for Craig as well. But in where I live, um, you, it's all very much the same type of people. And so, in joining the SRC, it wasn't just getting online meetings. So I'd go from home or anywhere. It's like I get to meet people all over the world, and the diversity is just something that I could get. I could get originally where I originally got sober. Um, you do not get that round here. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no 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 mm-hmm. everybody says the same thing and that i can't i don't I, I don't believe this is an area um that will change very quickly um people don't leave this county really ever <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I, I i look at it this way i never would have met any of you had it not been for this platform so i'm just so grateful for that
2: yeah, it just really has expanded my recovery too, Paul. I'm really grateful for, for everyone I've met online and everything that we've uh we've experienced. Craig, you have something,
4: sir? Yeah, I'm I'm like Cindy. I can't wait for the hairdressers to open again. My wife's been cutting my hair for the past month. And it's the same do all the time. I like don't, your look. It's don't get kind wrong.
5: of like a bit of a like almost a bushy caveman type thing. It's kind of like I noticed a bit when you did your walk the other Friday it's quite nice
4: yeah it's, it's kind of like a fuzzy tennis ball
5: no no you really need to give yourself more credit it's really quite attractive
4: there you go there we have it stop
2: talking Craig just take it and go right <laughs> don't respond just say thank you and stop thank you <laughs> um, yeah, you know I want to mention that there's a uh, Y'all, y'all started uh, just a just a a catch-all like an all recovery meeting for Monday through Friday, right? What time is that? You all want to talk about that? Please. Sure.
7: Um,
6: it's uh, Monday through Friday at noon Central, one Eastern time. Um, there's usually anywhere from ten to twelve people there, um, and it's become a real solid meeting with a lot of good discussion. Um, you know, a lot of us have a twelve step background, but we. We're not there now, and so it's just it encompasses a lot of different areas. We talk about gratitude. We talk about recovery tools. We talk about all kinds of different things, and it's been good. It's been a good mix of newcomers, people on day one, and people with 10 years. So it's been a good meeting. It's, it has saved me through this pandemic.
2: What's the URL for that, Cindy?
6: Uh, dailyrecoverymeeting.com.
2: Dailyrecoverymeeting.com. Okay, yep. good. And then we've got a, I've got a uh, nightly AA meeting that we've uh, that we started March fifteenth, actually. That uh, the, the URL to go directly to it is zoomaameetings.com. dot and you have to be logged into a Zoom account to get in. Like uh, you, that's what we use to keep the Zoom bombers out. So no password, but you have to log into a free account to get into the meeting. So. If you're on a phone it's not a problem you may have to sign up for an account if you're on a computer so uh but that's uh that's the url for that not fortunately last week i turned that over to a group conscience so as of next week i think we'll have people every night sharing so i'll i'm out of the loop on the sharing i'm not that involved so that's great but it's been you know it's really easier to, to hit these online meetings too because You don't have to drive, you don't have to plan, you don't have to get ready, you just show up. You can pop in, you know, at time or a minute after, and then you're off immediately. It doesn't take two hours and the whole get, you know, the whole thing. So it's really much easier. And what I found in this uh, AA meeting that we're doing, we had 40 people not before last. I mean, on just a night during the week, we do a speaker meeting every Saturday night. And had as many as 80 But uh, I'm just amazed at the the old timers that have found this, that have 30, 40 years in there. You know, it's funny, you know, we all have one guy that he'll sit with his forehead, showing his forehead on the computer, and we call him Forehead Dan, you know, because, (laughs) (laughs) you know, things like that, you know, that you find because you still have to have nicknames for people because, you know, you don't have their last name. Some of them, they, they put their last initial which Tim? We're, oh, quiet Tim. Yeah, I know which Tim you're talking about. it has been <laughs> enough meetings now where we're getting to know the people. But we've got people, a lot of people, Marla, from Michigan that come to that meeting. Uh, Mark comes sometimes from the Recovered Cast and his sponsor comes. Actually, his sponsor, uh, Russ and Linda, his wife, they do our speakers on Saturday night. So they started taking that responsibility. So there's a lot of. Is it Michiganders? Is that the right yeah. phrase? Yeah. Or Michiganians. Or Michiganians. <laughs> yeah. My accent works real good with that one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of Michiganians on that call, like probably six or eight. So we have people all over. We've had people from New Zealand and uh, a lot of uh, Canadians. Uh, some Canadians have come and then some from the UK, too. So lots of good folks. We've had people new in recovery, too, that three days and five days. We had one guy who came in our first meeting. He found us somewhere on Facebook and our first meeting. uh, He said, I've been out of rehab. He had like seven days or something or 10 days. He said, I went to rehab, got out, started going to meetings, and they closed the clubhouse and I don't know what to do. He didn't have any support, didn't have a sponsor, didn't have anything. Yeah. Could you imagine that, Kurt?"
0: oh my gosh so tough right now
2: so he uh he got a sponsor he's working the steps and he uh man he's been every night and he's you can see the growth you know
5: that's but, cool
2: uh, it's really good it's an online community i think it's going to continue they want to continue it ongoing after all this so more power to them if that's what they want to do so but uh let's I mean, get it's on been forward. it's been
5: difficult enough you know
2: having yeah, experience but you know I can look back on gratitude and say, you know, God's taken me through stuff before and I've made it. So I have no doubt I'm going to make it through this too. 81st chapter of the Tao A. Ching.
7: Kate, do you want to read for us, ma'am? Sure. All right. Okay. Truthful words are not beautiful. Beautiful words are not truthful. Good men do not argue. Those who argue are not good. Those who know are not learned. The learned do not know. The sage never tries to store things up. The more he does for others, the more he has. The more he gives to others, the greater his abundance. The Tao of heaven is pointed, but does no harm. The Tao of the sage is work without effort. Second translation, true words aren't eloquent eloquent words aren't true wise men don't need to prove their point men who need to prove their point aren't wise the master has no possessions the more he does for others the happier he is the more he gives to others the wealthier he is the Tao nourishes by not forcing by not dominating the master leads third translation true words do not sound beautiful Beautiful-sounding words are not true. Wise men don't need to debate. Men who need to debate are not wise. Wise men are not scholars, and scholars are not wise. The master desires no possessions. Since the things she does are for the people, she has more than she needs. The more she gives to others, the more she has for herself. The Tao of heaven nourishes by not forcing. The Tao of the wise person acts by not competing. Final translation. The truth isn't flashy. Flashy words aren't true. Educated people aren't always smart. Smart people don't always have an education. Good people don't argue. People who argue aren't good. The masters don't hang on to things. They're always doing something for other people, so they always have more to give. They give away whatever they have, so what they have is worth more. If you want to get right with Tao, help other people. Don't hurt them. The masters always work with people, never against them.
2: Thoughts? I want to read the Jonathan Starr translation. Words born of the mind are not true. True words are not born of the mind. Those who have virtue do not look for faults. Those who look for faults have no virtue. Those who come to know it do not rely on learning. Those who rely on learning do not come to know it. The sage sees the world, listen to this one, the sage sees the world as an expansion of his own self. So what need has he to accumulate things? By giving to others, he gains more and more. By serving others, he receives everything. Heaven gives, and all things turn out for the best. The sage lives, and all things go as Tao goes. All things move as the wind blows. I like that translation. Any comments? How about... Let's look at this translation. Um, true words aren't beautiful, beautiful words are not true. My note with that is the truth can be painful. Wise men do not, don't need to prove their point. Men who need to prove their point aren't wise. For me, that's one of the real gifts of sobriety was, and I'm still concerned of others' opinions of me, but I remember years ago, if you disagreed with me, I wanted to make sure that you understood my position on anything. And if we disagreed, we were going to discuss it to a point that I was sure I had proven that I was right if you did not agree with me.
5: I struggle with this, actually. It's, it's, it's baffling to interpret what, that, especially the first piece, actually means when he talks about words. Because I understand the not accumulating of things, because we don't we don't need things, these extraneous objects, things to give us our worth. We've learned that that doesn't provide any sense of being, of wholeness, of wholeheartedness. The notion of we give it away and get back, you know, more is for those in recovery kind of almost second nature because the essence of service and helping others is really what drives us in our own recovery because by taking ourselves away from us i self takes us away from pain you know from my example from the, i can give you an example of the last few days i've been wrapped up in, I would say I've wrapped up in myself, but I've been going through a really challenging time during the pandemic and it has all been self-focused. The idea of getting out of self is a way of kind of overcoming that. I And, and I get smart people, educated, it's the last translation that kind of makes more sense to me because educated people aren't always smart. Smart people don't always have, have an education. Educated people. Can learn things from a book, can memorise things from a book, and not necessarily understand the context or exactly what's been trying to be said, and yet they can really start and gain a qualification. So you can have as many qualifications as long as you're You can be a doctor. You can have so many um, letters after your name, and yet you're not smart in the way of the world. And I found that, personally, when I walked into my first NA meeting, I had to say, you know, I was one of these intellectual, arrogant people with a massive ego complex because I had X, Y, Z degrees. I had to learn that I didn't know it all. And, in fact, I was never going to know it all, and I knew very little. And I met people that had barely, you know, that could barely read and write that were going to school, that were 50 years old, were going to school to learn to read and write. And they taught me more than the people that had the letters after their names because they'd experienced more. The bit that kind of screws with my head a bit is that the truth isn't flashy and flashy words aren't true. I don't know. For me, it kind of says... Anybody can bullshit their way. I don't want to name a, name a name, but quite a p- good person in recovery, well known, likes to use a eloquent and lots of different long words, and he does this, and he kind of bullshits his way through the media. And I don't, I'm not attracted to that type of person, uh, and I just think, just cut to the fucking chase and just say it how it is. Because I'm a say it how it is type of person now. Whereas before I would might I might use my words to try and make it sound as if I knew more yeah, yes, you are right, Greg. Make it sound as if I knew more than I actually did. And it's it's kind of like you can hide behind big words and make it sound like you fucking know what you're talking about. But actually it's being able to see through that. And I think perhaps of what it's saying, I'm with increasing years and increasing experience and expe- increase in dealing with p- different people, you get to the point where you can see through people's shit. You get to see the real person and you get to know what is being said. Without, without needing to actually hear the words, you can just see it. Yeah, I think that's what I'm trying, maybe trying to say. Everything doesn't come through words. Does that make any sense? Really yeah, you know,
2: the, the uh, Star Translation talked about head knowledge versus heart knowledge. You know, and I think that's a lot of what that's talking about. Uh, Kurt, you still have something?
0: Well, I mean, I was just going to follow up with you, buddy. Where you know, it, it, it's a lifetime of of the uh, trying to prove my point, trying to prove I'm right, and that I'm talking decades, and you know, it just doesn't change overnight. I don't. I'm, I'm struggling with true words are not beautiful. Yes. Because isn't the truth the only thing that matters? So I'm like, I'm, you, I'm yeah.
2: let me help you with that, Kurt. Uh, yeah, are, you got something, Craig, on that? And Then I'll talk about what else. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, I was going. Yeah, I believe that's about intention. We can we can see all these beautiful words, but we we don't mean them. If if we're just if if we're just really saying things to make it look like we know what we're talking. I mean, AA is full of cliches. Recovery is full of all these cliches, and I think unless you've actually got the intention behind it. That's when true words aren't beautiful. If you have the ability to be able to sit down with somebody on a one to one basis and say to people, "This is you know," let's look at a sponsor, sponsee relationship. A sponsor can come at you with anything, and as a sponsor, it's my responsibility to turn around and say, "Okay, this, this, this is this is where I view it," and I'm going to give you my honest and open answer. I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to hide anything from you, and I'm not going to tell you anything that's going to be detrimental. To your recovery or detrimental to the way that you're going if there's a if there's a, a particular issue that keeps cropping up then i'll address that and say listen this we, we need to draw the line here and we need to address this particular issue if there's something that you're struggling with let's sit and talk about it now but it's being able to sit down and have those conversations with people i don't i don't build people up to something or not i don't build myself up to something i'm not i'll tell you openly and i'll tell you honestly it's a I believe it's all to do with the intentions that's behind this. Not to make me look good, not to make me look spiritual, not to make me look fantastic. But it's to help you, it's to get you to that area where you can
0: see yourself what you need to see. I I think I I know exactly what you're saying, um, Craig. the the one The one little part I I have an issue with is is it go is around intentions. Mm -hmm. Because I have, um, well, I'll speak for myself and also a sponsee that, um, we both want to be judged on our intentions and, and not our actions. Yeah. And, and I think this is more about, yeah, not talking so much and actually embodying some of these, some of these things. So, yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Can I jump to the Derek Lynn translation just quickly? Hold on on just a
2: second. Um. this is this is this is very timely here uh kurt that word for beautiful it could be translated several ways truthful words are not beautiful truthful truthful words are not pleasing they're not fine they're not good they're not kind truthful words are not kind truthful words are not sweet truthful words are not fine sounding they're not showy in other words a lot of times I've had to tell the truth. It was like enabling bad behavior. You know, sometimes love says things that aren't, that's not pleasant. I think that for me, that's where that's coming from is, you know, sometimes I have to, you know, I mean, I know with my kids, I mean, the most loving thing I could do is tell them something that was not easy for them to hear. Right. Or, you know, I think that's, for me, that's where that lands Craig, you got something from Derek
4: Lynn? Yeah, yeah, just, just on that topic, the, 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 the one biggest piece of advice I can always take from when I started sponsoring people was my sponsor saying to me, look, sometimes you're going to need to tell people some, things that they don't want to hear. Sometimes you're going to have to say things that are truthful. But they're, they're, it's, it's like us when we come into addiction, we're, we're in such a state of denial that we don't want to believe that this is... this is the, this is is um, Derek Lynn talks about... Um, his third, his third line talks about debating. He says, those who, those who are good do not debate, and those who do debate are not good. And what he talks about that is that um, those who are skillful in the art of living recognize the futility of argument and refrain from engaging in such debates. Sages let actions reveal their virtues. They have no need to explain themselves with words. Sometimes we think we're helping friends by arguing with them, but because this brings contention into the relationship, it can do more harm than good. People are rarely at the best when a debate causes them to become defensive and stubborn. It would be better for us to leave the matter alone and wait for the right time to approach the subject. So, again, there's there's the intention behind am I going to debate this just to prove that I'm right on something. Prove I think I'm right. Maybe I think, Yeah it's not it's, 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 yeah it's, it goes back to perception I know that I'm right I think <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah you know i've I've really had to work on when I'm attacked not to respond it's so easy to respond and it's all the time with anything uh is that push back and learning to just not I don't do well every time but learning not to push back as much and, and working toward no pushback at all, but I think that's a big part of that too, because when I attack someone, I'm really attacking me is what I'm doing uh, you know when I defend really that's a that's a type of attack. I'm better off just letting it go you know and uh because it doesn't accomplish anything because if I'm defending um you know I'm past the point
1: so uh comments? Yeah, this uh, this discussion reminds me of something a coworker told me a couple months ago. Um, me and him both have to see our boss every day, and uh, the boss works out of his home, so he's not at the office, which is probably a good thing for both of us. But um, uh, my coworker came back a couple months ago from seeing the boss, and he he said, "How come he always fights with me, but he never fights with you?" And I said, "Well." Think about it. You, you're the one who engages him in the f- argument. <laughs> I don't. I don't play that game. So he said, "You know, you're right." He thought about it. He said, "You know, you're right." And ever since then, I think he's had fewer arguments with the boss. So maybe he's thinking about it. It takes two That's to fight, Paul. Yeah, exactly.
3: If you're fighting you. alone.
1: It doesn't last long. Go ahead. That's Mark. also
3: you making the world better, Paul, by by your behavior. That's paying it forward in, in life, is you just change somebody because of the way you are. That's that's godlike. <laughs> that's really,
2: too, a good example of what this first stanza, I think, is talking about, is that we share from our experience, not from our head knowledge, but our heart knowledge. And our heart knowledge is our experience. So, Paul, what you did was you were the wise man in that first stanza that time.
1: <laughs> yeah, now, don't get me wrong. I have my disagreements with the boss, and sure. I, don't, I don't agree with everything he says. But I also know that, uh, you know, that he, I know that, first of all, he is the boss. I keep that in mind. He does, He, you know, he could, he could decide to get rid of me tomorrow if he wanted to. So, um, you know, it's a little bit of self-preservation on my part. But I also, you know, I also find that I, over the last several years, I think I've gained the boss's respect by not engaging with him, mm-hmm. and so he tends to take my opinion a little more seriously than my coworker who is just constantly picking for a fight.
2: And what you've done, Paul, is you've, and this is something that that I think is a big part of this: having this don't know mind. You know, this idea that you're going to go about things openly is opening your heart to people and not just assuming that you're right about everything. You know, that's another big part of that. Uh, Craig, you have something, sir?
3: I was just before Craig, does. in the bigger picture of the Tao, which is why we're here is you're talking about emptiness, about being empty so that you can receive, I think.
4: Yeah. I I agree, Marla. Yes. It's it's not attending every argument that you're invited to. Which was which was a big thing for me to accept the fact that, you know, I don't have to I don't have to get involved in every single discussion. Uh if it piques an interest then sometimes it's better just to sit and listen. Unless I, I actually know unless I actually know what's going on, then I can get involved, but just just to the point where I'm just giving my piece, I'm not giving advice and I'm not giving suggestions and you know, I know when to I know when to back off.
3: None of us are good listeners. We need to be better <laughs> listeners too to be empty.
2: You know, really Giving someone the right to their opinion really gives them um, – that's a form of love.
4: That's a form of love. Say it's giving easy. them giving them the right to be wrong. Yeah.
6: I was, I was just sort of thinking – I'm not sure I'll say this right, but I think where it gets complicated or difficult for all of us is, like, when you think about recovery or religion or spirituality, we all have an experience that's so personal to us that – it sometimes it's hard to convey that to other people. And sometimes it's hard for some of us to leave space for others because our recovery or our spirituality or our life experience is so different that there's more than one form of truth that can exist.
2: Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Cindy. Yeah. You know, that started with me with, what Craig said with giving other people the right to be wrong and I would count them I'd say I'm going to give 10 people today the right to be wrong you're number one you're number two you know that is so arrogant but that started me in that direction so that moves from you have the right to be wrong to yeah I had to move to 10 Craig it was 5 at first but I ran out super quick I ran out in the first 10 minutes so I had to bump the number up (laughs) But it moved from you have the right to be wrong to you have the right to your opinion to your opinion's none of my business <laughs> to hmm, you might be right <laughs> you know, and that's that's where freedom is though, in you might be right, but cracking that door of uh of uh willingness some type of willingness there you know of, Intolerance, I guess, whatever way you want to describe it, but uh, that that really was a big part of it. Giving people that right to their own opinion, and that you know, it's, and their opinion is none of my business. And the, and the great thing is, I don't have to defend my opinion. If they want to attack me, they can attack. I don't care. You know, I don't have to defend, and nor do I have to convince them of anything. That's not my job, Correct?
4: It's about being impartial to everybody as well. You know, you, you, you treat everybody the exact same way. You don't treat somebody else completely different just because they're, st- they're still in active addiction, whereas somebody's recovering. You know, there's there's always that. There needs to be that consistency to the way that we treat people, the way we communicate to people, and the, the way that we love people as well. Um, just just to finish off what Derek uh, Derek Lynn was saying about the um, in his translation, he talks about the. The Tao of Sages assists and does not contend. Uh, he says the positive uplifting Tao of Heaven benefits all things. The rain waters all plants. The sun warms everyone. Which I think we really should be doing to each other as well, not just singling one person out because of uh, because of way of behaving or, or they're acting out in a particular way. Um, in emulating this, we also seek to benefit all people and refrain from hurting them with criticism or contention. Which is which is
2: more difficult? To give someone $20 or to give them the right to their opinion? <laughs> I would give $20 every time.
4: <laughs> well, well yeah. Jesus says what's, what's more difficult, me to be able to forgive somebody the sins or say get up and walk. Yeah. And just to prove them wrong, he'd done both of them. Yeah. That's, what,
5: what's, uh, so what's so challenging about giving somebody else the right to have an opinion? And the thing is, I'm 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 coming at it from a a long time kind of liberal background. So as a and and I died out. And this this was kind of part of my own um, personality developing once I left home because my my parents kind of no my mother sorry. Got to need to be fair about that. My mother drilled into me um, this uh, this conservative um, middle class. You must act in this way and not stray from it. Um, so when I went to university um, my views became very liberal and and actually when I came into recovery and worked whatever it was I worked um, especially in the last couple of years my views have become very liberal and to be able to give someone the space to kind of say whatever it is it is they want to say has almost in the length of my recovery become easier because I see that hearing people and holding space for people is so important, so important, even if you disagree with them. And so I, I, I think I, I guess because I'm from the other end of the spectrum, if you like, in terms of conservatism and Beliefs and the way I've acted and where I've been brought. I do you know what? It's probably a rebellion from my mother. You know, being and acting in this in this uh, certain way. So you're being um, kind.
2: You're being rebel, rebellious, uh, kind in a rebellious way. Is that what you're doing, Kirsty? So you're rebelling against your mother. So you're being kind to people.
5: <laughs> I yeah, don't wanna, because because I don't no, wanna... no 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 no. But the thing is, there might be there might be some truth in that because she's incredibly she no she has improved with age bless her heart she has improved with age i've got to i've got to give her some give her some credit um you know but she thought she. she was a very judgmental person and and i and i, I over the last few years um since discovering more about my identity that judgment has has kind of fallen by the wayside and i do my utmost to give people the benefit of the doubt Um, and only when proven wrong almost i you know I, i don't want to say um innocent before proven guilty is a kind of an analogy to it um so i don't know i don't know if that makes any sense
0: I think for, for me I mean outwardly, sure everybody deserves their right to their opinion. I think inwardly when I'm proven when I'm proven wrong um, it hurts it hits a trigger it hurts my pride it hurts it fear I'm not good enough I'm not smart as this person I'm there's there's all kinds of internal stuff so me, Me proving somebody that they're wrong, me proving that I'm right, that I know best, um, it makes me feel better about myself. And I think I've struggled with it my whole whole life. Does it really make me feel better? I don't know. I mean, but that on the surface and internally, I think that's what's going on. And I, I think without awareness of that, I can't do anything about it. Now, recovery has taught me a lot of things. So I'm not in that spot, but I lived most of my life that way, yeah. and so that's I still struggle with it sometimes. I I like to be right. That's I mean that is the truth. Um, but can I let things go?
2: But I need and, to be wrong sometimes, Kurt. Sure. How do what I do learn for me anything? to be wrong?
0: Yes. Yes. That's good.
2: Yeah. Kate, you have something?
7: Yeah, I was also kind of going along that same line that uh... these me wanting my words to be eloquent and proving my point is kind of based in feeling insecure about about i mean it is kind of a security thing i want people to think that i am smarter i want people to think that i am you know that i have good ideas and i'm trying to prove that i am like worthy kind of And so when I get to the point that I don't mind what other people are thinking, you know, then I'm, then I'm wise, you know, I don't care. I don't need to prove to anybody what my point is. You know, I don't mind. I don't care if I win the argument, who cares about the argument? That doesn't matter. You know, then I'm at a point where, you know, I'm in a better place in my mind because I'm not in a place where I'm feeling insecure because none of that matters, you know? And with recovery, I've gotten way more to that place. I've gotten into a much better place with that, though it still crops up, you know, but I used to feel so much worse about those things before I was in recovery. It used to completely rule my life. I was way into how I looked to people and trying to present myself in a certain way. And it you know, I still worry about that. I mean I think it's a human condition to worry about that somewhat, but you know, it's a lot better than it's a lot better than it was and it's something I still work on.
4: Thanks, Kate. Greg? sounds a bit like page eighty four. We've ceased fighting anything and anyone. Yeah not just alcohol PG four. well done paul yeah but just uh, it sounds it sounds like what we really need to do is just surrender and what, what everybody else is thinking what everybody else is doing is none of my business i need to remember that as well
2: you know it takes a while from that to get from your head down to your heart you know and but it starts with that one action that one action of giving that one action of opening our heart that one action and let that grow You know, this is uh, Stephen Mitchell, his notes on this. The master has no possession, which would be the next one. The master has no possessions. The more he does for others, the happier he is. The more he gives to others, the wealthier he is. The master has no possessions. These no possessions may include a house, a car, a computer, a room full of books, and an electric toothbrush. In other words, it's not talking about possessions. He's talking about possessions, having you, you know, them owning you is what he's saying. I believe the more he does for others, the happier he is because he is doing it for himself. That goes very much with the Jonathan star that he sees everyone as himself. Like we're all part of this body. So when we help someone else, we're helping us that same, that same idea, I think. Um, the more he gives to others, the wealthier he is. The less he holds on to, the more he can give himself to others. When he can give himself completely, his wealth is infinite. So, yeah, when, when we have, when we're not holding on to these things, trying to look good, everything about us, looking best, being best, blah, blah, blah. And we can let go of that small self enough to where we can take someone else into consideration and put them before us for a moment. The more moments of the day we can do that, the happier we'll be. So that's that's really good stuff. Uh, any comments? Um, how about this last, the Tao of the Sage uh, is work without effort the Tao nourishes by not forcing, by not dominating, the master leads. The Tao of heaven nourishes by not forcing, the Tao of the wise person acts by not competing. Uh, If you want to get right with the Tao, help other people, don't hurt them. The masters always work with people, never against them. This idea of that we nourish, we're nourishing when we don't dominate people. I thought that I had to be overtly helping someone, but I think what I'm, what that may mean is that when we don't dominate people, we give them room to find the answers for themselves, for themselves, instead of us just dominating and trying to control and that whole, that whole thing, that we're, we're leaving room, in other words, we're leaving room. Uh, Emptiness is the greatest gift I can give the goal in giving is to help me, creating space in the giver. Ultimately, about helping the giver. We don't think about it that way, but we're always helped when we help someone. So, uh, all right. Anything else from this before we move to Wayne Dyer? i was going to see if there's anything in my Jonathan Star that I wanted to. Uh,
3: we we didn't talk anything about the nothingness of this whole thing which is what Wayne Dyer talks about.
2: What's good we're going to read him then.
3: Nothing. Living without accumulating. The final verse of the Tao Te Ching provides the closing message of this entire collection of ideas. You came from nothingness. The place of your origination had no things. The place of your return is one of no things. That's pretty potent. Therefore Lao Tzu is inviting you to replace the accumulation of more stuff with the celebration of your true essence. Just as nothing is pure Tao in its formlessness, the real you is that same formlessness, for you are the Tao. Learning learning that lesson clearly while being in quarantine the Tao De Ching attempts to attract you to a way of being that recognizes nothingness as the Tao. You could call it a, a God-realized way of being. In this final essay, I've chosen to propose that you access your non-being, Tao self, by living without accumulating. This means giving more, arguing less, and releasing your attachment to everything in the world of the 10,000 things. Ultimately, living this way even means letting go of your attachment to your life and your body. But you can practice this right now while you're still living in this world. St. John of the Cross speaks to this way of seeing your life. Quote, to reach satisfaction in all desire, its possessions, I'm sorry, to reach satisfaction in all desire, its possession in nothing. To come to possess all, desire the possession of nothing. To arrive at being all, desire to be nothing. To come to the knowledge of all, desire the knowledge of nothing. All of this wisdom of nothingness comes out of the offerings of Lao Tzu, the ancient spiritual sage who wants us to experience the bliss of being all by knowing a non-accumulating place of nothingness. It's difficult to imagine a world without things, yet in this final verse of the Tao, Lao Tzu takes you through what such a world would look like. You don't need beautiful words since there is no thing for you to describe. There is no thing to argue about as there are no possessions to fight over. There's no fault-finding or blaming for all that exists in the hidden virtue of the Tao. And finally, there is no thing to collect, amass, or accumulate which leaves you in the state of creative giving and supporting. Heaven does good, says Lao Tzu, and good is a synonym for God, which is truly the same as the Tao. Meister Eckhart illustrates the interchangeability of the words God and Tao in this piece. God is a being beyond being and a nothingness beyond being. God is nothing, no thing. God is nothingness, and yet God is something. You're encouraged in this final verse of the enduring and amazing Dao De Ching to do all that you can to imitate heaven while you're here in form. Try out these suggestions from Lao Tzu as you change your thoughts and ultimately your life forever. Quit accumulating points for being right. Yeah, Greg. We discussed that at length. Reduce yourself down to zero or no thingness. Observe your body and all your belongings and then put them into the changing world context. Keep this statement from Mahatma Gandhi in mind. Quote, if you would swim on the bosom of the ocean of truth, you must reduce yourself to zero, unquote. So from a place of no thingness or zero, become the observer seeing what you accumulate in the world of things. From this perspective, you'll find that nothing can ever truly be real in such a world. Practice this exercise whenever you're feeling attached to your possessions or your point of view. D.H. Lawrence dramatically captures this idea. Are you willing to be sponged out, erased, canceled, made nothing? Are you willing to be made nothing, dipped into oblivion? If not, you will never really change Then do the Tao now I leave you with these words of Lao Tzu from Tao De Ching a new translation here's the final verse the, state, the sage does not whore and thereby bestows the more he lives for others the greater his life the more he gives to others the greater his abundance copy these words by hand study them and put them into practice at least once a day you will energize the flow of the Tao in your life in this world of 10,000 things.
2: Good stuff.
3: Most important. Comments? Give it away. Give it away to get it back.
2: Got to give it away to keep it, don't we? Give it
3: away. Give it away. Yeah. Give it away.
2: I was thinking about, Marla, our, serenity, our emptiness serenity prayer with this. Mm. Oh. You know, God grant me the emptiness to accept the things I cannot change. emptiness to change the things I can and the emptiness to know the difference you know I think as time goes on I'm seeing God this as as emptiness really not as all these other things uh, because that's what that's where the gifts are is when I become empty yes it's not in me learning things like we talked about knowledge it's in me being empty me emptying myself and the way I empty myself is doing for other people instead of doing for me because every time I do for someone else, rather than me uh, decide to let them have their opinion without me imposing mine upon them, you know, all those things are is really ways of me surrendering this small self, the little buddy, you know, and as I do that, that's where my abundance comes in.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. That's good stuff.
0: We are nothing. You know, I was just going to say real quick, um, there was a a place in here. Are you willing to be sponged out, erased, canceled, made nothing? Are you willing to be, be made nothing dipped into oblivion? If not, you will never really change. That's pretty hardcore. And that's, that's pretty, it's, it sparks fear in me too. Um, I, I, but I do, I, I liken that to, um, when I did a, uh, a death meditation and a guided death meditation where, where basically I deconstructed my body and, and it was, it was very profound in that, I mean, it, I mean, I had tears rolling down my face. I would not, would not able to say goodbye to anybody. And it was just, uh, it was a practice and disintegrating. And, um, that I just, it just makes me think of this and, and how, I mean, to do this, I guess you do nothing, but wow, the effort of not doing anything.
2: It you is know. a crap load of effort, Kurt. It is not doing nothing.
0: <laughs> right. It is, it
2: is doing, it is doing nothing. It is doing less than nothing. Self-centered is what it's talking about. I mm-hmm. um, I've got a, I want to, Well, I've got a little uh, chapter out of Real Power. It'll take me just a second. I want to read this. This is a book on business lessons from the Tao Te Ching wrote by James Altry and Stephen Mitchell. They wrote this together. And this is on the 81st chapter. And I'm going to read just little excerpts out of this. Uh, There aren't any rules. There's only a way of being. If you use this little book as a guide, all you need to do is look inside yourself and determine what you should let go of. Then let go of it every day. The desire to know, let go of it. Practice beginner's mind. Learn how to not know. The need to be in control, let go of it. Control is an illusion. The more you seek it, the more it will evade you. The ambition for power, money, and prestige, let go of it. What you already have is enough. Remember, the wise leader isn't a victim of his ego. Thus, he makes no one else a victim. Instead of forcing his ideas and expectations on others, he creates a space in which others can do their own good work. Mindful that true words seem paradoxical when the mind is cluttered with untruth, the wise leader embraces paradox. By not forcing, he leads. By not dominating, he leads. By not leading he leads. I thought that was pretty good. I think in the whole idea of is, just letting it go. Back in the same thing we're ending with what we started with with the Tao Te Ching, you know. Yeah. It's uh it's all about us getting out of the way, letting go of what we think.
3: It's it's very it's glaring in this this time of this pandemic how little control we have. The the people I understand that people are angry and they want to get out. Because they have, really, there's no, they have no control over this virus. It takes over. It's, it's dominant. And we have no control over it, and we're getting pissed off about it. And everything else that's going on with it. Um, this is a big life lesson. The whole thing is clearly showing how the DAO works. I think, for me, at least.
2: For all of us, tomorrow, if we'll just pay attention and start looking from our heart, a little more open-hearted than from our head. Tina, you have anything? We haven't heard from you yet today, dear.
8: Good morning. This is, I love this. This is like perfect meeting to, um, for right now, and just kind of the, an all-encompassing, you know, I think it has also to do with who I surround myself with, um, because I try to surround myself with people who I trust with my, I guess, sobriety. Um, <clears throat> Because I'm a sponge, especially when it, whenever I'm uncertain and in these uncertain times. And so I, I have to intentionally go, um, you know, like with AA, um, stick with people who um, have my best interest at heart. You know, and not just AA, but people that I know wake up every morning and say, God, guide me. higher power, Higher power guide me. Or, you know, they have um, the greater good in mind, I think. At least they strive to do that. And those are the people that I like to surround myself with because I'm so susceptible. I feel like I can be susceptible to other people's way of thinking to a default because I'm so uncertain about mine, which I'm working on and trying to stand more firm in it. But, you know, someone will start talking and I'll be like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's it. You know, but it, it could be just off the wall, crazy something. But um, I feel like I have this need to have it right. That I will listen. I will kind of take in everyone's and plus, you know, answers or or thoughts and think maybe that's it. Maybe that is it. And and I think I just need to work a little bit more on what I believe. And I don't know. Maybe not. So I, <laughs> I went through so many different feelings and thoughts throughout this, this meeting. Um, but, yeah, I, I, just, I love listening to what other people have to say. And, and I remember I was in the philosophy class. Um, in my, it was like an intro to philosophy. And somebody said, you know, what if, what if we're, um, all we are is, is some infestation of earth? Um, and we're here, and we just are multiplying and destroying it like That's like exactly. a mold or something. And I, my like the picture of the emoji with the mind being blown was me. Like I was like, oh my god, what if we are? And I just I feel like that was the first time I was like, there's people out there that think way different than me, and. I do not have this thing about life down. Um, and I remember it was, I just came out of a long breakup, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to find out the meaning of life. I'm going to take this <laughs> intro to philosophy class, and I'm going to get the answers. And I I laugh now because that's where I met my husband of 17 years was in that class. And, you know, he was just taking the class to just because it was, you know, a, a freshman blow-off class or whatever. But so there's so many weird conundrums in that, by me trying to find out the meaning of life. And I still haven't found it in that class, but maybe it was just in finding someone to go through this life with. That when will you a, my Let us ideas. know,
2: please. Let us know, yes, please.
5: Message I
8: will. Me. I'll, I'll give you the link to my book, and then the, the <laughs> know comes <laughs> Your
2: Amazon link? You'll give me your Amazon
8: link? Yeah, yeah, I got
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, but it's been Continue. awesome. Yeah, I
8: was. They, thank you guys.
2: Thanks. That's good stuff. Anyone else before we close? You good. Okay. Well, you guys have a great week. Hello. This is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week.